4: This is My Guys in the Desert
1: with Stormy Tony on vSEN, the sports betting network.
5: Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to my guys in the desert. Stormy, Tony with you for the next hour. We are live from Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Really excited in a couple minutes here to welcome in Brady Cannon of Long Shots to help us preview the Masters in its entirety. This thing is teeing off tomorrow morning. The Super Bowl of golf could not be more excited, but before we welcome in Brady, let's get to our top five, the news and notes, things you need to know that affect us as betters. Starting with, looks like Josh Allen is going to have his favorite weapon for years to come. The Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo Bills reaching an agreement with wide receiver Stefan Diggs for a four year, $104 million extension, $70 million of it guaranteed, and with two years remaining on his existing deal. Diggs' contract now runs through 2027 at a total value of $124.1 million. Since coming to Buffalo from the Vikings in 2020, Diggs has put together two of the best seasons of his career back to back Pro Bowl appearances. He's caught 230 passes for 2,760 yards, 18 touchdowns, and is coming off a career high 10 touchdown year with Buffalo. The Bills, meanwhile, plus 650, the favorite to win Super Bowl 57. And Diggs himself Seventh on the board at 14-1 for the most receiving yards in the league next season. Number two in our top five. Looks like the Lakers, to miss the playoffs tickets, are officially cashing with their loss yesterday to the Phoenix Suns. And the Spurs' upset win over Denver. One better at BetMGM. Wagered $10,000 last September at 16-1 for L.A. to miss the postseason, which will now cash for 160 k Shout out Ben Fox for bringing that to our attention. The Lakers were a team that was picked to win 52 and half games in the preseason. They were a top favorite along with Brooklyn to win it all and now here they are out of even the play-in. They are ending their final three games on the year, coming into them with a seven-game losing streak, a 31-48 record. San Antonio, meanwhile, winning seven games in their last eight to guarantee at least a 10 seed and the Pelicans also beat the Kings last night to clinch their spot. Anthony Davis said after the loss last night, they had more starting lineups than they did wins. Moving on to number three, while we're talking Lakers, as LeBron James was sitting out last night, Joel Embiid was playing his tail off a 45 point night in the Sixers 131 to 122 win over the Pacers to surpass James as the league's leading scorer right now. Embiid averaging 30.42 points per game while James is in second with 30.27 James has missed for the last six games for LA will need to play at least two of these final three to qualify before the season ends April 10th. Embiid also still pushing for the league MVP honor second on the odds board at plus 220 behind Nikola Jokic. Keep in the association. Lonzo Ball has now been officially ruled out for the rest of the season. The Chicago Bulls guard reportedly had another setback in his rehab for that left knee injury and surgery back on January 14th to repair a slight tear in his meniscus and uh, not obviously coming back to form the way he'd hoped despite falling to the bucks last night though the bulls did clinch their first playoff berth since 2017 compliments also of the cavs having lost to the magic they're in 6th place in the east one game behind the raptors a 35 to 1 shot to win the conference 80 to 1 odds for the title and last one here in our top five all-star third baseman Jose Ramirez and the Cleveland Guardians have agreed to terms on a five-year $124 million extension. The deal also includes a full no trade clause for Ramirez who has finished in the top three of the American League MVP vote three times in his career. The 29-year-old was one of a few bright spots for the club's inconsistent offense last year. He had 266 with 36 homers, 103 RBI and 27 steals. Cleveland won 80 games last season. is their first losing Losing year since 2012 this year's total set at 76 and a half 4 to 1 to make the playoffs 10 to 1 in the AL Central and a 100 to 1 long shot for the World Series. They'll open their season Thursday against the Kansas City Royals as a minus 125 road favorite. We will talk some MLB in a bit with tomorrow's opening day upon us. But like I said also coming up tomorrow the Masters as we welcome in the one and only Brady Cannon host of the best golf betting show in existence. Long shots here on VEASAN. <laughs> this is the Super Bowl of golf. How excited are you for this weekend? Very
6: excited. And you just brought that story up. You know, you've got the Lakers missing the playoffs, baseball starting tomorrow, as well as the Masters. Things couldn't be better.
5: And we had the College Basketball National Championship, where you were just at in New Orleans, living the dream this week.
6: Yeah, absolutely. It was a bucket list item for me. And uh, we were able to uh, pull it off and had some tremendous food in New Orleans, and, you know, what a great atmosphere uh, as far as that city goes, hosting a national championship like that. And then, you know, we always talk about Jim Nance has the best job in the world, right? He goes right from <laughs> yep. there, calling that, and goes down uh, a little further south to Augusta, Georgia, and uh, getting ready for the uh, the big tournament. Kicking off the major season in golf uh, tomorrow, let's see, I believe it's about 5.30 a.m. Pacific time. No, no, no. I believe the first tee ball is going to be hit around 7.30 or 8.00, maybe around 5.00 a.m. Pacific time wow. is when we get started.
5: Oh, my goodness. Cannot wait. I mean, I will not be awake for those first, first balls being teed off. Be. I'll tell you. You might be. <laughs> and that's why you're wearing the green jacket. You're right. decked out. We actually even pulled up on our phone a minute ago the pictures of Jack Nicklaus when he won it. You're wearing the same get-up. You are ready to go.
6: Yeah, that yellow shirt in 1986. Maybe it'll bring me some luck, too.
5: I hope so. Speaking of which, before we do get into some of your selections, can you just just talk through a little bit of what makes a player successful at Augusta what types of players fit for that course and especially with the weather the way that it's been these last couple of days you have thunderstorms we have wind Um, what's the expectation in this one
6: yeah the weather is really a big story and you know Tiger Woods has really dominated the story for about two weeks now it seems but the weather is a story for sure Uh, of course they had to stop play again today they had to stop it yesterday an even shorter uh, amount of time where these players players got to practice on Tuesday. They were able to get in a little bit of the par three contest today, but again, had to stop because of the weather. Uh, they may get a little bit of weather, possibly some thunder showers on Thursday morning, uh, but then it looks like it'll clear up. But the wind is then going to come in mm-hmm. apparently on Thursday. On Friday, you're expected to have gusts over 20 miles an hour. And then I think it dips down a little bit to around 15 miles an hour on Saturday. But the temperature is going to dip to about a high of 56. And and then on Sunday, we finally get something normal where it's supposed to be like a high of 69 degrees and wind at about seven to eight miles an hour. So Sunday ought to be very good scoring conditions. And if they do continue to get some more moisture, that'll certainly soften up the golf course a little bit. Now, Augusta has these sub air systems under the greens, multi million dollar construction under these surfaces where they can really dry things out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with all this wind as well. I don't think you're going to get like when we, you and I both landed on Dustin Johnson when they Mm -hmm. played the masters in November in 2020. And that golf course was very soft just because of the time of the year. So I don't think we're going to end up with a product that is that soft with the wind and the way they control, they can control Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the moisture and whatnot with this uh, putting surface. I think you're going to end up with a pretty fast and firm uh, golf course for the weekend. Now that all being said, I think you have to look at strokes gained approach every week in a a golf tournament. And that's basically, you know, after your tee ball, your approach shot into the green, how how good are you at hitting greens? How good are you at getting close to the flag? That is really a telling statistic week in and week out. Um, You and I were talking before the show today, the short game is really paramount at Augusta. You've seen these greens, they have so much undulation. They're so fast and then they have the runoff areas, so you not only have to put your right your ball in the right spot on approach but you can have a ball that'll just roll off the putting surface and then you've got to have tremendous creativity and the ability to get that ball back up and down you've got to be able to putt pretty well you know that's again part of the short game aspect i'm talking about and then i also looked at avoiding the three putt uh you know, three putts can kill you at Augusta, So you have to really be able to lag that ball up well and then get that second putt in the hole. And then finally, I looked at strokes gained off the tee And that's really, you know, a combination of how many fairways you're hitting and how much length you have off the tee. Uh, Augusta National is a big golf course, so it doesn't necessarily favor a shorter hitter. If these fairways are a little bit wet with the moisture that we've had the past Mm -hmm. couple of days, that's going to favor the bigger hitters even more. So that's really the skill sets I looked at. Approach, scrambling, putting, avoiding the three-putt, and then your strokes gained off of the tee.
5: And Brady has put a lot of this information as well into the Masters Betting Guide. If you go to vcin.com slash spring, you can download and get that $19 to get you set up for everything you need to know for the masters, but um, really great. Just all the analytical approach that you, Matt humans, Wes Reynolds, everybody put into this thing with all of that said, who is maybe built the best with all of those different skill sets and conditions to win this week. You think,
6: well, you know, there, there's a lot of players that, that pop on my model this week. Daniel Berger has great numbers. Patrick Cantley has great numbers. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick has, has great numbers and, and there's so much star power at the top of the odds board for the masters. I think you can make a case for almost any of them. Uh, you know, Fitzpatrick's a great putter. Patrick Cantlay's a great scrambler. Daniel Berger's a great ball striker. You want to try and find that player. And that's really what typically you'll find in a major champion is a guy that's good at all of it, right? Or, or a guy that happens to have a good week with all of it. We were talking about Colin Morikawa. I didn't expect him to win the British Open because he, he does not have a great short game not nearly as good as his iron play which is arguably the best in the world Um, but his scrambling and his putting is not his strength but he went nuts at at the British Open last year and had a tremendous week with the short game so anybody can kind of get hot for four Mm -hmm. days Uh, you just have to try and figure out which one it is no doubt and remember
5: everybody that uh, as I mentioned the Long Shots podcast they did a full hour yesterday those three gentlemen that I just mentioned Scott Van Pelt was on the program as well and you can download it anywhere that you get your pod V-CIN.com slash podcast um, or wherever you're down al- Apple Podcast, Spotify, whatever it is. You can catch up on every v show while you're there as well. Make sure you do it. Um, but we still have a lot more to talk about with the Masters. I know you have some MLB plays for opening day tomorrow as well. But when we come back here on the show, you want to talk a little bit about Tiger? Should we do it? Of course. Is he going to make the cut? That's my we, big question. We're,
6: we're part of the media too, right? We can't avoid it. <laughs> I, you can't believe how much talk there is about Tiger. And that's great. That's great for all of us. It's great. For these guys behind the counter, they're doing a ton of business in town. I think this handle for the Masters is going to break all records for previous Masters handle.
5: No doubt. Incredible um, to see that he is even able to be back right now. We will talk more about that and still to come on the program as well. We'll hear from Will Hill a little bit later on in the hour as well as Josh Towers to break down the Major League Baseball slate. Do not go anywhere. Plenty more my guys in the desert coming up. Brady Cannon is going to stick around for one more segment, all things Masters. This is Visa the Sports Betting Network.
4: And then they're never at any of those. Never, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- you, you telling me? tell the one see about- the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
6: Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well.
3: Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O.
1: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game.
2: to my guys in the
1: desert with stormy bonantoni on v the sports betting network
5: Welcome back, everybody. This segment of My Guys in the Desert brought to you by Zin nicotine pouches. Have you been looking for the right opportunity to switch up your nicotine? Well, now there's a 10-day challenge to give you that fresh start, helping you walk away from the ashtrays, spit cups, and vapes. It's called the Zin 10 Challenge. Zin nicotine pouches are a satisfying, smoke-free and spit-free alternative. They're available in 10 varieties and two strengths. The Zin 10 Challenge is a risk-free way to try Zin nicotine pouches. And if you don't enjoy your experience with Zin after 10 days, you get your money back. So head on over to zin.com/10 to take. The Zin 10 challenge. That's ZYN.com slash TEN. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Brady Cannon, the host of Long Shots here on the network, I'm Stormy Bonantoni, breaking down all things Masters, which is set to tee off tomorrow, early morning. And one thing that we've talked about that's really unique about the Masters is that you can kind of bet it all year
6: round. Right, so right.
5: how many plays do you actually have in pocket that you've done over think, the course of the last couple well, of months?
6: Well, I, I probably have about maybe 12 plays, but I have less plays than usual in the futures market. Usually I have maybe eight or nine guys to mm-hmm. win it outright because like you say, the masters wraps up, you know, in mid-April, And those odds for the next masters come up in like maybe July. And so you're sitting there looking at that board all season long and you're all, wow, that guy's at 150 to one. I'll take that. (laughs) You know, by the time we get to next April, you've got it, you know, a baker's dozen worth of masters futures. But, um, you know i only found a couple of those in the off season so to speak i did make a, a bet on cameron smith in january before he won uh, at kapalua he won the tournament of champions and i was able to get him at 40 to 1 matt humans did the same thing mm-hmm. because i knew if he won that tournament his odds were going to get chopped now he's all the way down to like i've seen anywhere from 15 to 20 to 1 and 20 to 1's not so bad but i wouldn't bet him at 15 and and that's that's part of the futures market too is timing it And uh, I was able to get uh, Shane Lowry at 100 to 1. He's all the way down to about 40 or 50 to 1 now. I don't think 50 to 1 is a bad number, but obviously 100 was tremendous. I got that probably, I don't know, maybe as much as six weeks ago. When I saw what kind of uh, year this guy was having, he's a major champion, he's a good wind player. uh, You know, he's won a British Open. So um, Shane Lowry at 100, I thought was a great buy and and it's showing up in the market now.
5: Well, and I know of the three selections that I have right now, and I'm hoping that Brady talks me into more, um, (laughs) which I'm sure that he will over the next couple of minutes here. um, But I have Kepka Scheffler, and Colin Morikawa as my three picks out here. And I know you really liked Brooksy um, of those three the
3: most.
6: Yeah, I do. And I'm on Brooks as well at 20 to one. And we've talked a little bit about, you know, all the media spotlight and the media buzz that is on Tiger Woods for what's really been a couple of weeks now. And it just can. there's, you know, it's building to a crescendo. Of course, we had Scott Van Pelt on our Long Shots mm-hmm. podcast. He's there on the grounds at Augusta. And he said it was just bananas. Like when Tiger would walk by, he made a really funny line. He said, there could have been a guy on the first tee that was buck naked and nobody would have noticed. You know, <laughs> and, and it's, it kind of speaks to yeah. all the attention that Tiger's getting. And I think that's really good for a guy like Brooks Kepka, who, you know, typically comes in here having won four majors at just 30 years old or so. I think he's 31. Um, Um, he's typically not been in the best health when he shows up at Augusta one year, he missed it with a wrist injury last year. He could barely walk, uh, couldn't get in and out of the sand bunkers and whatnot. And he missed the cut. He said, this is the first year he feels 100% healthy uh, at Augusta. And you look prior to the year that he missed the cut last year, he's finished seventh, second and 11th. He was second to tiger in 2019. And you remember he was right there down the stretch of that tournament. And so I think, you know, guys for like Rory McIlroy, usually the narrative coming in is, is Rory going to finally complete the career Grand Slam? And, and he gets all the media buzz in the spotlight. And Dustin Johnson, you know, last year had to deal with that as the defending champion. Nobody's getting that attention this year, and I think it's good for these guys that that everything is being directed towards Tiger, and they're able to just put their head down and go about their business.
5: We will talk about some more of those non-Tiger Woods golfers, but to pay off the tease and talk a little bit about him, there are obviously a ton of props here at Circa that you can bet on Tiger to make or miss the cut. I mentioned I had plus one twenty-five for mm-hmm. him to make the cut. You can do the over/under on where he will land in general, and um, with so many people betting on him and with so much talk about him, can he live up to it is the big question. And he's spoken very matter-of-factly this week saying that if if he's going to play, he's going to play to win. But when you had Scott Van Pelt on the show, he said, you know, the the hardest thing that you can say about something like this is, I don't know. I don't know what Tiger we're going to get out here. And he did come off of a severe injury and has admitted that walking the course is going to be the toughest part of this whole week.
6: And I agree with Scott. I I think in particular, Tiger Woods as we have seen especially in 2019 is capable of anything i didn't expect him to win then um so And I think this version, 2022 Tiger, is more extreme for sure. Um, And I think you made a good bet. You know, I said a week ago that I felt his chances were about 20% that he was even going to play. Now we've learned more about him doing practice rounds, and, of course, people around the grounds have said he looks good. And, And so I have kind of learned over the course of the last week or so that I think his golf game is in pretty decent shape, but it's physically and mentally. How long can he handle this grind? And this is not a typical golf course. It's extremely hilly. There's a lot of elevation change. It's a big property. He's going to have to walk down hills and then up hills. And to make the cut, he's only going to have to do that for 36 holes. I think he can maybe handle that. I feel like to make the cut, especially at a nice number like plus 125, I don't think that's an awful bet. And the finish position here at Circus Sports is 57 and a half. I don't think it's a bad bet to take under that. Um, but I would not at all bet him to finish top 20 right. to win or anything like that. And and I talked about in the last segment how this could break a record for Masters Handle. Uh, we heard from Chuck Esposito on Matt Humans and JVT's show prior to this that every person that walks up to the counter is betting something on Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's so much liability that there's some books in town that have this guy as low as 20 to one. Now, at Circa and Westgate, he's still at 60, and I think that's a respectable number. But still, I, I'm, I'm not even going to throw some funny money on him because I, I don't think he can win.
5: Okay. The, the show is long shots. Is there a favorite long shot that you have on the board that you bet this week?
6: Uh, yeah. I mean, Shane Lowry at triple digits. Of course, that number's no longer there, but that was certainly one I like. But a number where a guy is still pretty long odds is Mark Leishman. I got him at 125 to 1. You might be able to find a 95 out there. I think at uh, the Westgate, he's at 80. Obviously still a pretty long shot. This guy has a great history at Augusta. Three top 10 finishes, another top 15. He also is a great wind player. We, we talked about Rory McIlroy, who I have a ticket on, uh, Shane Lowry, uh, and um, Mark Leishman as well is another great wind player. He got into a play Playoff at St. Andrews when Zach Johnson won at the British Open. So we know this guy can handle the conditions. And he's also done really well, Stormy, on what I like to call correlated courses, other golf courses that we see on tour that typically have crossover success. Like if you do well here, you often do well at Augusta. And that's Torrey Pines, Riviera Country Club where they play the Genesis Invitational and Kapalua where they play the Tournament of Champions Mm -hmm. right after the first of the year. Well, Leishman finished 10th at the Tournament of Champions. He finished, I believe it was 16th at Torrey Pines or 15th at uh, Riviera and I think he was 10th or so. And he's won before at Torrey Pines. So he had a great start to the season on the West Coast Swing. And again, all of those courses that he played well at, I think translate well to Augusta. So uh, even at, you know, 80 to one, I don't think Mark Leishman is a bad shot and maybe even look to a derivative market like Leishman to finish top 20.
5: Well, and speaking of which, there are so many different ways that you can bet on the Masters. You can bet top 10, top 20, top 30, top 40. You can bet matchups as well. Um, are there any matchups that really stood out to you this week you liked?
6: I took Rory McIlroy over your guy, Colin Morikawa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Morikawa just hasn't been in great form and i You know, I've always said, and I didn't expect him to win the British Open last year either. So I think this kid's capable of anything, but. The the short game is not his area of strength. He's arguably the best iron player in the world, but chipping and putting is not his strength, and I think you need that in a big way at Augusta. And he hasn't been in great form as of late, and I think Rory's going to have a good week. So I took Rory McIlroy over Colin Morikawa. I took your guy Scotty Scheffler at plus 135 to beat John Rahm in a head-to-head matchup. I just thought that price was off. Uh, I know Rahm is probably the best player in the world, even though Scheffler's ranked number one. And then I took another one, uh, Adam Scott at plus 110 over Tony Finau. Finau's really been struggling as of late, even though he has a great track record at Augusta. So does Adam Scott. He's won a Masters title before. So I thought uh, I, I thought that matchup should be pick 'em, or maybe even Scott a slight favorite. So at plus 110, I took a shot with another Australian.
5: Okay, love it. Um, I did tell the people that you had some baseball plays, so do you like anything on opening day that you want to give out here in the last minute?
6: Well, you know, the Mets at the Nationals, uh, the Mets are about a minus 130 favorite, and you know they're loaded as far as their staff. Jacob Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer now, they're both on the shelf for Mm -hmm. who knows how long, but Tyler McGill is going for the Mets on Thursday, and I think this guy is better than people really realize. Um, He was pretty decent last year, and I think he has a bright future ahead, so Maybe you're getting a decent short price here on the road favorite because McGill is kind of an unknown commodity. I would maybe take a shot with the Mets, the Angels and Shohei Itani. Yeah, I got to believe that line's inflated because of Otani. But here they are taking on the American League pennant champs in the Houston Astros with Framber Valdez on the hill. I kind of like the Astros as a short dog.
5: Love it. You are the man. You cover everything. Make sure you check out Brady, Wes, and Matt Eumanns on Long Shots, the podcast. You can download it anywhere and get the betting guide as well, vcin.com. Thank you so much, Brady. You're the
7: best. You
8: bet.
1: You're listening to My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bon and Tony on Sin, the Sports Betting Network.
5: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington, D.C., and New York. You can subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. We'll welcome in host of the New York CityCast, Will Hill, in just a moment. But real quickly, got a couple plus money props in the NBA and NHL I want to hit you with because we love that plus money, honey. Let's start in the association. Mavericks at Pistons. Love Jalen Brunson tonight over two, over four and a half rebounds, rather, at plus 120. He's gone over the mark in five of his last six games, taking on a team in Detroit that's the second worst shooting team in the NBA. They're also the second worst defensive rebounding team on the other end of the floor. So I think that really opens the door for a guy like Brunson to scoop up some misses. Have a good day there in the rebound market. Again, that's plus 120. Then later, Celtics and Bulls. Marcus Smart's steals prop is set at one and a half, and you can get plus money value at plus Plus 115. He had four against the Bulls earlier this season. His average has been one and a half steals throughout the month and Chicago. You can see maybe being a little bit tired after getting their butts kicked against the Bucks last night. Smart's also the favorite to win defensive player of the year right now by a smidge. So you'd think there's some motivation there to want to close out the year strong defensively. Give me over one and a half steals. And then in the NHL I did one shots on goal prop tonight with Josh Morrissey of the Winnipeg Jets taken on the Red Wings tonight and it is barely possible plus money, we're getting that even money, plus 100 here. Um, Detroit, even in their win last night against the Bruins, saw 50 shots on net, and that's not an anomaly against a Boston team that we know as a high-powered offense. Detroit has allowed 37 and a half shots on goal per game over their last 10 on the road. They're also allowing the third-most shots per game to defensemen since the All-Star break. Morrissey's covered this prop in 11 of his last 15 games and six of the last seven at home, so give me over 2.5 shots on goal at even money honey time now to welcome in our guy will hill host of the new york city cast at not the will hill on twitter my man how you doing welcome in
7: take it easy on the book stormy you're gonna bankrupt them all these plus money props save them some money they're gonna go out of business what can
5: i say i have an addiction i love it um but listen earlier on the show we were talking through the masters obviously which is getting underway tomorrow with our guy brady cannon curious did you get in on the action you got any masters plays for us to get started
7: I do when in Rome, I mean, come on, you can't just, you know, watch the master without a little action, you know, not my forte, really not my strength, but it's still fun to bet. And you know, you just hit a few of them with with these outrights and these first round leaders, you know, you could hit two or three a year and still come out ahead. So uh, I've been pretty good on the golf this year. Got a couple winners. I'm going to try to get one more here with Sam Burns, a guy who's been pretty good to me. I think he's going to win this tournament at some point. You know, he's plus across the board in terms of strokes gained, you know, approach putting uh, he's really got a complete game he's you know a young and up and comer he's already got 3 wins on the tour now he's never played at augusta before and fuzzy zeller was the last time uh, a first year player won at augusta um you know that's it's usually not the trend to go there and win for your first time but you know it's not really common for somebody who has 3 career tour wins to go to augusta for the first time and we saw Zala torres last year you know almost win the tournament and it was his first time and i think he finished one stroke out of a playoff uh, against Matsuyama so you can get some Burns I think there's some 45 50 to one out there and of course it's just going to be uh so much fun to watch great day tomorrow
5: no doubt and if he were to do it like you said it would certainly be rarefied air Sam Burns you're looking a little like Brent Burns with the facial hair I like it
7: it's getting a little it's getting a little unkempt I'm glad you approve, but it's uh it's going to go at some point
5: I'm here for you just uh, one last thing to wrap up the Masters are you in on any of the Tiger props action
7: No, uh, you know, I think betting him outright is to me just like a donation to the books. I know people want to root for it, but I could actually see him making the cut. You get a lot of these former champions who are, you know, uh, just have no chance of making the cut. So, you know, I don't think he would, you know, tee off if he had no chance. If he was just in in terrible shape, he wouldn't go out there and embarrass himself. So I actually think he'll play okay. You know, can he hang around even par and make a cut? It's not impossible, but uh, no bets for me.
5: Definitely understand you there. But hey, 23 times having played in the Masters, you know, he definitely has familiarity with the course. Just happy to see him competing again, no doubt. We are here with Will Hill, host of the New York City Castle. Let's talk NBA because the Knicks and Nets are going head to head for the fourth time this season. Brooklyn has won all three meetings coming into it. They didn't cover either time as a favorite, though. They're 0 for 5 covering their last five games as well. Neither of these teams really. Much to play for with their futures cemented as of right now. Nets in the play-in and the Knicks out of this thing. What do you make of the matchup tonight?
7: Well, yeah, it is important for the Nets to just get into that 7-8 because if you're in the 9-10, you got to win two games just to get in the playoffs. So uh, there is something for the Nets, but I do think the Knicks are going to get up here to play. Spoiler, you know, they've played hard this last month or so. Uh, I bet them an adjusted season win total under 35 and a half, and I've been following them closely. I've been kind of hedging along the way because I've noticed that you know, Thibodeau, the tank's not really in their vocabulary. They don't care about ping pong balls. So I think they'll get up for this game. I think the crowd will be up for this game. And uh, to me, the Nets have been a team. I, I've been looking to fade recently. They just don't defend well. They're super small, and these lines continue to be inflated on them. And uh, up until a couple of days ago, they were still six to one to win the title, sitting there as a the 10 seed, which I don't understand. Uh, 17 and a half point favorites yesterday, which I didn't understand. They didn't cover, so. Uh, To me, the the Knicks are the play here, plus the points.
5: Okay, love the play. Uh, With regards to the Nets in general, um, obviously it's TBD who they're going to play in the play-in tournament, but are they that team you don't want to face that we've heard so much about, or is it pretty much going to be their futures decided before they've even gotten there kind of a thing with this team?
7: Yeah, I don't think it's a team you want to play. Look, if you can play the Bulls or you can play the uh the Nets, you want to play the Bulls. That guy Durant, he's still pretty damn good. So Last I want I no checked. part of That's him. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's just I think Milwaukee's the one team they'd have a hard time beating. They don't match up with well with them. Brooklyn's very small. They're going to put lineups out there with Drummond and basically Dragic, Kyrie, you know, Durant and uh, you know, Curry, which is super small as opposed to Milwaukee which has a lot of size, a lot of length with Holiday, Middleton, obviously Giannis uh, other than that hey look would you be shocked if they beat Boston would you be shocked if they beat Philly would you be shocked if they beat Miami when you got Durant you got a chance if you could just get it to a game 7 you know you got the best player on the court again that guy would terrify me in a game 7 in a short series so i think the bucks would beat the nets other than that i think it's kind of a toss up it really makes for a fascinating playoffs because you know usually the nba it's really top heavy the first round that you get a bunch of series that are a waste of time and you know we'll get one or two of those but Uh, A lot of these series are very competitive. It's a a much more balanced league than it usually is.
5: And I know Steve Nash said as far as the play-in goes, at least he'd be shocked if Ben Simmons were to play, but you never know beyond that. If they are able to get him back in there as well to see what those three could look like together would be really, really exciting. Um, Major League Baseball also opening day coming up tomorrow. Any final win totals that the people should be aware of that you got in on?
7: Yeah, it's, it's kind of a depressing opening day around here. I mean, I'm glad we're getting baseball, but you know, in the Northeast, it's like 30, 40 degrees. It's rainy. We're already starting to get some postponements, oh. but uh, it's back. It's back. I'm excited for it. Uh, Orioles under 61 and a half. There's definitely, there's some 62 and a halves out there to me asking this team to improve by 12 wins is 10 wins, whatever it is. I think they won 52, 52 last year. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, asking them to be plus 11 this year is really a lofty expectation I mean, think about the division they're in. They have 18 games apiece against the Rays, the Yankees, the Blue Jays in Boston. I mean, Boston was two games away from going to the World Series. The Yankees are still the Yankees. The Blue Jays might be the best team in the American League and Tampa won hundred games. So to me, that, that's a bad division to be in with no pitching. That's 72 of your games right there. Uh, you know, improving by 11 wins is really asking a lot. I just think, you know, the bookmakers have a hard time with these really bad teams in terms of setting the total and, you know, how low can you go? I think this team is probably going to be in the fifties in terms of wins. Uh, once again,
5: they were, uh, they had their fourth last place finish last year in the last five years. And their one that they weren't in last place was the COVID impacted year. So I definitely understand where you're coming from with regards to the AL East. I saw you also like the nationals perhaps under their win total this year.
7: Yeah. Same sort of concept, you know, bad team in a good division. It, it, it kind of gets, it goes without saying, but I think, you know, I'll say it anyway. When you're the worst team in a bat in a good division, you have the hardest schedule because you don't get to play against yourself. You know, Washington doesn't get eighteen games against the Nationals. Baltimore doesn't get eighteen games against the Orioles. You know, all these teams kind of get to beat up on you. You're kind of the, the weak sister. And I just think, you know, Corbin, Strasburg are, are way past their prime. They they sort of sold their soul for that title a couple of years ago. And, you know, they got some younger pitchers with Greg and Cavalli that are gonna be good, but I just think uh their older pitchers are too old, their younger pitchers are too young. I think it's a rebuild. Uh, you know, we saw them at the deadline last year, trade away, basically their whole team other than Soto. Uh, I could see them doing the same thing come this summer. So to me, it's a long year for Washington. 71 and a half is way too many. I think they were 65, 66 last year. I think that's about where they are this year.
5: Well, does the long year start game one? Because they are playing the New York Mets to start things out tomorrow. Uh, Mets a minus 135 favorite, I believe in Washington. Thoughts on it?
7: Well, yeah, they're getting a little bit of a break because no DeGrom and then Scherzer's already pushed back to Friday. The poor Mets, they can't get a break. I mean, it's just, it's too bad, but uh, I do lean, the, lean towards the Mets here. Mets are going to be a, a good team. Now I know they're going with McGill. They're kind of reversing the rotation, starting with their five and then going with their new number one Scherzer. Uh, on Friday but I would lean towards the Mets tomorrow hopefully they play not sure they will
5: certainly two teams with very different outlooks on the year the Mets one with lofty expectations and the Nationals as you mentioned kind of in a rebuild type of a mode thank you so much Will
7: all right, Stormy, don't take all the books' money. Leave them some, please. I'll,
5: I'll see what I I can't make any promises. Here, Will. That's Will Hill at NotTheWillHill Hill on Twitter. And make sure you download the New York City cast presented by Bet Rivers. Anywhere you get your podcast. Does great stuff covering all of the New York teams, and especially with the Nets in the postseason, you want to make sure you're locked into everything Will has to say. We will continue our Major League Baseball conversation with Josh Towers in studio on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. This is my guys in the desert.
0: Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget.
2: Hi, guys, in the desert, with Stormy, bonantoni and Tony on
1: VSIN, the sports betting network.
5: Day and the opening round of the Masters are the same day tomorrow, this first week of April, jam packed with betting intel from our experts as well. We have a breakdown of every golfer in the field for the Masters, plus futures bets and matchups from our whole Long Shots crew. Brady Cannon, who we heard earlier on the show, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Eumann sign up today and you get full access to VSIN through the start of baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL draft. All just $19 at slash spring as we welcome you back into My Guys in the Desert. We've got plenty more MLB to talk in a moment with Josh towers on set, but real quickly, my NHL plays of the day. my power plays. I like the Jets on the puck line tonight against the Red Wings. I actually talked through this with my guy Jonathan Davis earlier today. Detroit's coming off a surprise upset of Boston on the second half of a back-to-back with travel north of the border where they have not had success this year. Lost six of their seven games in Canada. They won't have Tyler Bertuzzi, who is their one of their top goal scorers, point getters, because he's unvaccinated. He can't go up there. So something you have to consider when you are betting Detroit anytime is if you think that they are going to lose, the puck line is the better bet of their 22 losses Dating back to mid-January, the last time they actually played Winnipeg and lost 3-0. 18 of those 22 losses have been by two or more goals. I'm also on the over in this game. I bought it down, though, to six. Um, both teams just really, really struggled defensively. The Jets do have a great goaltender in Connor Hellebuck, but they allow a ton of high danger chances, and Detroit allows the most goals per game this season at 3.86. Another over I like. The Capitals and Lightning over six after a slew of unders for Tampa Bay. They have had seven-plus goal totals in four straight games, Defensively allowing 11 combined goals their last two games uh, to Montreal and Toronto. Washington also allowed 11 combined get goals their last two against Carolina and Minnesota. Give me the over, and then I did a little parlay action tonight as well. Jets, who I already mentioned I love tonight. The Blues at home against the Kraken and the Flames in Anaheim should make easy work of a Ducks team that's 1-12 over their last 13. So all together and it's plus around 180 let's get back to our major league baseball conversation josh towers former mlb pitcher you did some work on the run line now how was was the debut of that show over the weekend i
8: thought it was great ben and i had a good time
5: ben wilson is awesome i love working with him so how excited are you for tomorrow finally opening day we are here
8: (laughs) i'm more excited about the masters Really? Okay, what's your pick? Let's
5: throw it out there. What you got? I
8: I don't really know what my play is, but I could have sworn I saw uh, Hoagie at like 125 to one or (laughs) 230. It was some massive number that I'm like, isn't this guy like top five? You got to get
5: to the counter. Uh, Yes.
8: No, here at uh, Circa as well. So it was great. Um, Yeah, I was standing up there last night or yesterday, I should say, with uh, Derek. Um, And we were looking at some of those. They were looking at them. I kind of came in behind them. And it was just unbelievable some of the numbers on some of these golfers that are really good. And Mm -hmm. so we're looking at that. But I mean, it's the Masters, Tiger Woods back. It's super exciting. And then obviously opening day, which is why I'm here. you know, in my heart, that's obviously the coolest thing. I mean, I remember opening day and for these guys like Tyler Magill pitching for the Mets tomorrow, never knew that he was going to have it last year, got called up, didn't even know he was going to get called up. So it was a really cool thing for him, makes his major league debut, does really well. And then all of a sudden your first ever opening day and you're starting it. I mean, that's what baseball's about. We seen uh, who Ethan Roberts with the Cubs and they told him on the bench and he was crying. And to me, that's what opening day is. It's, it's, it's for some people you work your whole life and don't know if that moment's going to come and you have a good spring training. Bryson Stott out of Las Vegas for the Phillies. And mm. God, exciting. It's just super exciting.
5: So is that, that Mets Nationals game one that you'll definitely be keeping your eye on early in the day tomorrow?
8: Uh, from a fan's perspective, I coached Tyler when I was with the Mets, right? I had him in low A ball. So for me, it's very exciting. So give us the um,
5: scouting report. What can we
8: expect? <laughs> <laughs> the moment won't be too big for him. I know that. Love that. Um, you never know with Tyler Corbin. Is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? I mean, he was a world series pitcher at some point, And then all of a sudden he like, couldn't get nobody out last year. And I know everybody's down on the nationals, but, um, I mean, listen, they still have Soto. They still have Cruz. They still have Josh I mean, they still have some good players, right? And it's opening day where everybody's equal. It's kind of like first round of the basketball tournament. Like, we're all equal. So I I don't think all the favorites are going to cover tomorrow um, because it's the excitement of just – it's a brand new, fresh slate, and we're here, and we're back to our stadiums, and we got our new unis and all our mm. cool stuff, and um, and you don't worry about too many things. And then once it, once games settle in, you start to lose. You just said some hockey team was one and twelve in their last thirteen. Yeah, once you come to the end of the season and, and reality set in, it's harder to go to the yard, right? Yeah. So tomorrow is going to be very easy for a lot of teams to go to the yard. So we catch some home dogs. It might be a good play.
5: Okay, so if that if that Mets game is one mm-hmm. that you're keeping an eye on from a fan perspective, yeah. from a betting perspective, what yeah. is the one that you have the Closest eye on.
8: Um, well, I know last year every Friday day game at Wrigley's first run scored first inning right. I know tomorrow's Thursday so it's a little bit different, but uh, you know a day game there. I'm still looking at uh, first inning yes, so I'll look at those numbers and see if we adjusted this year to those or not. Because last year we were getting plus money a lot until the books caught on about what three quarters way through the season. Um,
5: Hopefully we can get more of those things where the books don't catch yeah, on yeah, yeah. for a significant amount of <laughs> well, time. They That's didn't catch like. on
8: to first half unders in the basketball tournament, so I thank them for that. Uh, I'm excited to see Shane Bieber back. Um, listen, Zach Greinke's phenomenal, but I don't know what Casey literally looks like. And I think uh, the Guardians and, and Bieber, I think they should look pretty good tomorrow. So I don't think the line's too good, too bad. I don't know what the Cardinals line is, but Wainwright was 17 and 7 last year with the three. We overlook him. We act like he should be retired or something. Um, it's not easy to win 17 games. It's not easy to have a three ERA. It's not easy to have 30 less hits given up than innings pitched. So, Rainwright, if the line's not out of hand, that, that might be a good play as well.
5: The Reds at defending World Series champion Braves, and we're not mm-hmm. going to see Freddie Freeman on that roster. Instead, Matt Olson, who I know a lot of people think could potentially be a home run champion this year. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> Where are you? I'm just saying his, his home run total set super high at 39.5 as well. Do you think that he's going to be hitting him out of the park this year?
8: Yeah, he'll hit him out of the yard. He hit 39 last year, right? Uh, I think setting that at, at a higher number in a, on a new team with a lot more offense around him, I just don't think it's like I wasn't as worried about Oakland last year, and I, he didn't have that much protection. So, like, I can challenge him a little bit more. Uh, it's a little bit different in this lineup, so I, I don't know if 34 is realistic or 39. Sorry, is realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go under on uh, Matty Olson, but there are some cool ones up there. Let me look at this thing real quick. Yeah,
5: who you got? <laughs> Let's look uh, at the regular season yeah. home run totals. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. got the highest one on the board, 43 and a half. Uh, but- what did he
8: had, 48 last year? Uh, Acuna might be a fun one. He's back leading off. Hopefully he plays all year. Bryce Harper, that seems to be a good number, but I think Bryce repeats his MVP, and I think he had about that, if not a few more, last year. Um Well, he hit 35 last year. I mean, he hit seven in this spring training at two more today. Like, he's as hot as he gets. So, for me, Bryce Harper, that's an easy over. Um, If Aaron Judge is playing for a contract where I keep hearing he is, then they are always a little bit better on contract years. Mm -hmm. So, Aaron Judge might be a good one as well. Um, Rafael Devers just puts up numbers. The guy drives and runs. He hits homers. He does it all. And it kind of goes under under noticed, a little bit underrated. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of good ones on here. And then I think Jordan Alvarez has a breakout year all the way around.
5: Um, one of our analysts on here with Ronald Acuna Jr., yeah. uh, we know that he's not going to be able to start the season right away. Not totally sure how much time he's going to miss with the the ACL repair. Um, but he had him up against Juan Soto in a match bet. Who would you take to have more
8: homers? Soto
5: easy, just yeah, because of the I, delay.
8: Yeah, the delay is huge. I don't think I'm glad you said that because I don't think I even realized there was a delay. So I will take that back with him. am he's one of my favorite players. I love the kid. Um, soto is arguably the best player in the game i mean he really is that good he just doesn't have the protection and they're not going to put up again they might give up more than they. it's just if we expect them to lose as many games like i'm going to pitch to him a little bit more right um that lineup is so loaded and i know that he's a free swinger speaking of acuna so you know even though he's leading off he tends to steal a couple more fastballs we kind of have transitioned to where I'm not afraid to throw him three Mm -hmm. straight sliders to start a game. It's a little bit different these days. And then, you know, again, like you said, he's got to worry about whether his health is there. But if he feels comfortable, he's going to be phenomenal. But Soto, to me, against anybody. Well, and
5: Soto's RBI total, um, among the highest up there as well, behind only Jordan Alvarez, 116.5 over under his RBI total that is up there.
8: It's got to go under, right? Like, like we have to. What did he have last year? I'm sure he drove in a million last year. I'll pull um, up his total.
5: But look at the RBI totals. Are there yeah. any that stand out to you? I'll pull up.
7: I'll pull yeah. up his. Totals so the Soto last year.
8: one is under. Again, I don't think they're going to score a lot of runs. That's the whole thing. Um, there might be more solo shots than three run shots, right? So that's what I'm saying. He, he's still driving. Or sorry, he had hit for 95 average. last year. Yeah, and you're asking him to 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 you know 21 more in. In an offense, it's just not as there. That, that Jay's lineup, they're going to score runs everywhere. You got to pick your poison. So if Vladdy plays a full season, I mean, that's realistic. Devers is realistic. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I think Jordan Alvarez, but we're, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of I RBIs, know. like for anybody. What was uh, Perez, 121, and 117 by Abreu last year were the two highest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're asking a lot of somebody like Adam Duvall. I think that's a lot. That might be
5: that one said at 109 and a half. Yeah. For those of you that are just listening,
8: yeah, I think that might be a little bit high. I think the Alonzo at 111 might be a little bit high as well. I, I still am not a, a firm one on him, and I don't think he's being hit 50 home runs against Army, so like that's a lot of RBIs.
5: This segment went by so fast. It did, I, does. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, Ten seconds. Who's gonna have the most wins as a pitcher this year? <laughs> so,
8: I have can't, no do idea. It. Can't, can't do it can't do it
5: Garrett Cole has the highest number set at with 120 game and year. a half
8: 120
5: how does that happen
8: we don't go we don't pitch deep anymore. that
5: is a prop too that you can bet right? right will somebody have 20 wins
8: yeah Urias was the only one last year Wainwright was second Bueller, we had a few 16 winners but that's it listen when we only go five innings it's really hard to win you have to pitch seven minimum to get wins
5: yeah no doubt thanks John thank Josh. you Josh Josh John I'm Stormy. You can call me Storny. It's okay. (laughs) That's a wrap on my guys. Danny Burke.
6: (laughs) Hey, Sarah. I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented.
3: Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours, and all content is fully (laughs) human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game.